Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Some say the world will end with a bang. Others insist that our final act will be a whimper. We Christians know that the time of the end may be something very different. Here to talk about how it will all end is Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, how do you see Earth history playing out during its final curtain? Well, if it's just me, I'm bound to be wrong. You know, there'd be plenty of people with placards saying the, the end of the world is near, yes. the end of the world is near. <laughs> yes. But as Christians, we do have a relatively specific outline given by Jesus Christ. Mm. I'm surprised that in the Christian world, which is not uniformly Christian, yes. but should be somewhat aware of the Christian heritage and, and the words of Jesus, I'm surprised that in the Christian world there's not more of an awareness of that. I remember... Uh, once, back in my youth, when Laugh-In was a television feature, <laughs> that'll probably cut half our audience away, but yes. anyway, they don't need to know Laugh-In. It was a comedy program, sort of like Saturday Night Live, I yeah, guess. Yeah. They had a fake news announcer coming on, a weather announcer, and he, he was supposedly the Egyptian weather announcer, and he says, and, and we have uh, hails coming in from here and darkness sweeping in <laughs> from the south, and then he says, and get this, he says, from the west, frogs. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everyone laughed and so on because it was the reference to the plagues that sure. fell on Egypt, which were pretty cataclysmic. Yeah. All of the natural order out of line, the icons of worship, frogs and so on, were, were uh, turning on them. And ultimately, the firstborn uh, all destroyed, which mm -hmm. would mean a fair percentage of the population. Mm -hmm. We're facing that in many ways. And talking to fellow Christians and Seventh Avenues particularly, I try to remind them that we expect plagues at the end of time, but maybe they're already falling around us, as, as a Christian writer said. We don't know which qualify as the end time ones specifically, but I think it's a pretty easy bet that the phenomenon of just pestilence and plague and destruction that comes sweeping in almost every news cycle is not normal and should tell most people that this is roughly analogous to what you'd expect to be the end of the world. But, of course, a Christian, the end of the world is the beginning of the world to come. So yes, it's not yes. an, an end point, but it's a, a point of climax where all of the forces at play sort of hit their point. And I think that's what's happening. You know, we, we're focused on ISIS and, and Islamic radicalism. You wonder if it could get any worse, but we know it can. Mm -hmm. It was worse even during the Crusades where the assassins a whole uh, sect of Islam in, in a mountain retreat were routinely going out and assassinating or killing people, just random, violent, murderous acts. Well, we're seeing that popping up within Islam. Human beings are capable of it in any context, not just religious, but it happens that this religious enthusiasm that we're seeing has taken a particularly violent spin and shows no signs of abating, it's in the process of agitating other religious extremists in other uh, groups, not least Christianity. And I think we're, we're going to witness a rapid increase of religious warfare and, and uh, infighting even within Western cities. Uh, the ISIS fanatics, they're going to come home. They're your neighbors. Yes. They're the guy that might have been a little bit morose or a little bit too sincere, mostly on Islam, we know from ISIS. But they're not oddball types. They're going to filter back. 
into our society and, and, and then suddenly the same murderous acts are likely to erupt? And how will our societies survive? You can look at global warming, which most people have great trouble seeing is just a warming trend as we go to another cold winter on the, <laughs> the, the East Coast. But global warming is better summarized as global weather dislocation. Mm. And, and the natural order is out of sync, mm. right? Mm. Resources are overplayed. And uh, people might not think of it at the moment in the U.S. and around the world, really, by extension. The oil prices are plummeting. Yeah. Why are they plummeting? I've hardly heard any uh, explanation or, or story given, but it's sort of obvious what's happening. The U.S. has done a last-ditch effort to extract oil from the ground through a process known as fracking, which, in my view, is breaking the bones of the earth to drain the last drop out of it. We're prepared to destroy the environment because it has huge wastewater and other chemical uh, displacement. It, it destabilizes the uh, earth structures, but the fracking itself in conjunction with the huge growth of tar oil fields in Canada mostly, mm -hmm. has meant that the U.S. is approaching self-sufficiency, in theory, not in practice, because right. oil is right. traded fungibly around the world. And the oil price is dropping, not because the U.S. is producing a lot of oil. It's because this is an existential threat to Saudi oil production, and the Saudis, to destroy this, are flooding the world with oil and mm -hmm. dropping the price, which mm -hmm. makes it untenable to frack. So something's going to give very quickly. The political tension is going to rise rapidly as well as the last play out of our resource cannot last very long and it has ramifications. And you can go on and on. You know, I, don't, I don't want to spend 15 minutes just talking about the troubles in the world, but they are what most people think signal the end of the world. The Muslims themselves in uh, the Quran as well as many hadiths speak about the end of the world at time of great conflict, of bloodshed, and, and if you read the Quran, it's a time when the Antichrist rises and his henchmen, the Jews, will be destroyed, which helps explain why radical Islam has such hatred of Israel. Mm -hmm. Muslims have a view of the end of the world. Most major religious groups have a sense of sort of the end of all things. Even the Hopi Indians, I remember, have the days of purification yes, yes. when everything is set straight. I wrote in Liberty Magazine recently, and it's worth remembering as a Christian and I think just as a practical matter as an as a inhabitant of the world, these things themselves may not purely be the end of the world and may not be the best or the certainly not the only way to judge that we're at the, uh, the final climax. What I cited in my editorial was the words of Jesus Christ near the end of his ministry after he had gone through the streets of Jerusalem on a donkey and the figure of a, of a king, they understood, the people understood it then, and they hosannaed him through as a conquering hero and a, and a returning ruler, mm -hmm. which, of course, led to his crucifixion because the authorities were troubled by that. But after that scene, he sat on the Mount of Olives, it says, and it, he wept over the city. Yes, yes. And he said that this great temple, not one stone would be left upon another. And he was sitting there and his disciples came to him and they asked him a pretty legitimate question, not themselves knowing really what they were asking. You know, that when will these things be and when will be the close of the age, they asked, because when he spoke about the destruction of the temple, they presumed this was the end of time. Mm -hmm. And Jesus didn't separate it in his answer. But we know as a matter of history that that was 70 years after his death when the Roman uh, forces destroyed Jerusalem utterly. Yeah. 
And I think on an earlier program, I, I uh, mentioned that on a trip this year to uh, Rome, yes, yes, I noticed that yes. the Arch of Titus, there yes. were the uh, carvings there showing the Roman soldiers triumphantly bringing uh, the, uh, the temple instruments, the candlesticks and so on from Israel, from Jerusalem, back in triumph to Rome. They plundered Jerusalem, and that was the end until modern times of, of any dominance of, of the Jewish peoples in their own homeland. But Jesus did not say that that was the end of the world, but he gave an interesting progression. He did pretty much what I did a few months ago. He says there'll be wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and, and earthquakes in diverse places. He didn't say that they were earthquakes caused by fracking, but he might as well have, because I, I know already that's happening. And I've yes. read articles that they admit as much, probably not cataclysmic earthquakes, but an increase of instability. But what did he say there? And to me, it's most important for religious freedom. He says, many will come in my name saying they are Christ and deceive many. Well, we've got that now. Religious yes, competition, sure. false Christ, antichrist, you name it. They're all doing their thing. But with all of these things, warfare included, he says, these are the beginning of sorrows. Mm. And then the next sentence in telling his disciples to remember, asked him, when will be the end of time? He says, then they will deliver you up to be afflicted. They shall kill you and you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. So really, this is the most important sign of the end of time, direct religious antagonism and persecution of the faithful. Mm-hmm. And yet, back to where I started, in my view, that applies as strongly today as the traditional yes, uh, yes. markers. So while for most of my life we could say, you know, all of these things, you know, they haven't so much continued from the beginning, but they're getting worse. They may be a signal for the end of time, but they're not the last sign, which is wholesale persecution. But now I can say it's certainly showing signs of being a final extirpation of certain faiths. How is this different than the Dark Ages? How is this different than the Holocaust? How is this different from the French Revolution? Well, not different in type, because these sort of things have happened with distressing regularity. And different faiths have shown, it's not just Islam. Christianity has had its time when it was pretty murderous. The difference is that we're in a world where the instruments of war and destruction are on a scale unimagined, Mm. even by Genghis Khan or Attila the Hun or any of these. In other words, the annihilation of humanity is possible these days. It it can happen. Absolutely. Okay. And, you know, it's an example that comes to mind, and it may not be as bad as we think, but when I see the the planes overhead laying down lines of Mm -hmm. chemtrails, Mm which may be as simple as a, a last-ditch effort to, to bring rain to us. But that could just as easily be a poison. Yes, the yes. ability of man to destroy on a massive scale, like in Vietnam, mm-hmm. they did that to destroy the entire foliage in an area to expose the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Adolf Hitler had dreams that he partially fulfilled of liquidating millions, six million Jews. Yeah. I hear the president the other day say that, that with the illegals here, it's just not going to happen that we will bus. I think they mentioned the figure of six million illegals out of the country. It's unimaginable to the normal mind to process that many human beings. Mm-hmm. It was difficult for Hitler to get rid of that many yes, bodies. But yes. 
in reality, the modern technology and the efficiency of the state, as well as the technology we have, means that the unthinkable is doable now. More and more, we're seeing it happen. The weaponry that ISIS has captured from the U.S. forces is quite advanced. Night vision goggles, you know, electronically targeted missiles. It's not very hard even for a guerrilla group to uh, wipe off a couple of hundred people at a time. And in a short days, many thousands. Lincoln, what should we do? How should we think about this? We're at the end of time and we should realize the test is faithfulness for God. The test is is standing for our faith and at the risk of our life. Withstand that and we will withstand the very end time crisis, the end of the world. So there is hope even in the midst of all this. There's hope for the faithful. Yes. But these are times, as Jesus said, unless they're shortened, no one will survive. All right. Very good. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, thank you so much for sharing your insights here, and we appreciate it. Thank you, Lincoln. Thank you. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.